0: Bethany, woohoo! Yay! Tell you what, you could not have picked a more beautiful spirit to join yourself to. She is amazing. What a blessing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful daughter of God. I can't wait to see what God does with you guys, truly. standing in the back and I just heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm getting ready to speak to the devastated places. I didn't know they were mine. (laughs) Oh, God. Life. Life. That's God. What a good God we have. Amen. Amen. But it holds true. When I was standing back there getting ready to come out, I just felt like the Lord said, there are some that are so broken in here. You've gotten bad news, you've had a bad week, you feel like you've had a bad life, and you've walked through going, God, what is it about me? Why, why is it that this is happening? And, and the, the, the most beautiful image hit my spirit is, you know how when there's a forest fire and the fire goes through and everything is laid waste, and that you, to look at it you would think, what devastation, I'll oh, give it a few weeks. Give it a few weeks when life begins to spring forth again, and God begins to do what God does. And so if you're in that place today, let me tell you something, God has come to speak to your devastated places and bring life today. Amen. Let's get into the Word. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. We're getting ready. We're going into, uh, a little further into encounters with Christ. What... What you wouldn't give for an encounter with Christ, amen? And we're going to talk about Mary of Bethany, and we're going to take... Would that not be a coincidence, Bethany, that today we are talking about Mary of Bethany? And we're going to hit three specific scriptures. It's going to sound like they're disjointed because they are. We're looking at three different times in her life, so let's go. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Next. And then she, Martha, had said these things. She went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Lord, come and see.
1: Jesus right. and then Jesus said, "See how he loved him." And some of them said,
0: "Cannot this man, who opened the eyes of the blind, also have kept this man from dying?" Then Jesus, groaning again, he came to the tomb, and the final one. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Father, I thank you for the fragrance of the oil. I thank you for the offerings. I thank you, Father God, for those precious places where you just lean over and inhale what your body is doing, God. I ask, Father, for one of those moments today, God. I pray that what we offer to you today in this time, Father, would be a sweet fragrance to you. I pray, Father, that you would quicken our hearts, Father. I pray the devastated would find life today, God. I pray those that are hungry for you would find you today, Father. That the broken would begin to walk in healing and Father all of those who have testified of your goodness would be ready to bring an offering to your feet. We bless you and thank you for the life and truth of your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We're looking at three specific times in the life of Mary of Bethany. And the very first thing I just want to ask you, well, there's something about coming to when it three times we see her at his feet. Three times we see her at his feet. That's just such a, a, positionally, it's just such a humble place, you know, to just come and sit at someone's feet. And I, I was sharing earlier, it might be a little easier for us as women to understand that because we're the type that when we get into a chair, we curl into a chair. You know, we just, we like to wrap around ourselves. We like cuddling and snuggling and things like that, just drawing in close. And, um, and so to the thought of just coming and sitting at Jesus' feet, To me, it's just a wonderful, awesome thing. Just just makes me want to breathe deeper, just to to be in his presence. And and but God has that for us. That close connect with him, a God encounter. Who in here needs to encounter God? Who needs to, to come into his presence? Who just sometime this week has gone, God, if I don't hear from you, God, are you even there? God are you even there because I'm not sensing you God did you and I'm not telling you to ask for a feeling but did you know you can feel his presence do you understand that he is tangible do you understand that when he breathes because he is a part of us do you know that when God to, this is the way I picture that if we lift an offering to him and I'm not talking about money here if we lift our hearts to him in offering and he just begins to take in that offering and it becomes it says our prayers are as incense that's a fragrance before him, our tears, he keeps our tears. If we begin to offer him that, and he's taking that in, don't you think, since he is a part of who we are, that when he begins to receive an offering, we feel it? Don't you think everything in it... You know when you watch somebody and they're bringing something in, and everything in you just kind of vibrates with the reality of it? That's God receiving an offering. That's God going, ah, oh, it is good. <laughs> it is good. And see, that's what we're supposed to come before Him with. And that's what Mary did. I'm not in any way saying these are the only three times to come into His presence or to come sit at His feet, but these are very specific times that Mary shows us. The first time we see her, Um, she is, well, I like the picture, the picture before it, um, but it talks about, she goes, Jesus comes in there having a dinner and she goes to sit at his feet the first time. And it's the one where Martha says, I'm working in here. I love that she tries to boss Jesus around. Have you noticed that? She says, make her come and help me. Not father, if it please you (laughs) make her come and help me. One of the ways that I study things out, one of the things that the ways that I put flesh on a message in order to make it more personal, because in all honesty, Mary and Martha, we've heard their story so many times, it's become generic. And between women, I don't think you men do this, but between women we'll go, oh you're a Mary. Oh, you're a Martha. And usually if you tell somebody they're a Martha, they get their feelings hurt because it means they're, you know, not about the things that are important. And and so we kind of have this lingo that goes on in the body of Christ, and we have a tendency to make them caricatures, instead of flesh and blood, people walking through this. And so one of the ways that the Lord allows me to make things personal, to bring it home to me, is I attach a face to it. I attach a face to the, the story, somebody that uh, I can see doing this. And so when I began to study this out, when I began to study Mary out, I saw Vonda. Exactly. You know why I chose Vonda? Vonda. Because I've seen her at his feet. Because I know what her voice sounds like when she worships him. I know what her face looks like when he's speaking to her. I know what her tears look like when she comes into his presence and just can't contain herself. And so, when I began to study Martha, I gave her Vonda's face. Because that puts flesh on it for me. And I can see it. And I can so see Vonda doing these things, even though it's Mary. But I can see Jesus coming into the house. And right up into that time, she was probably the most helpful person. She and her sister Martha, even though the word doesn't say it, I'm going to play with this for just a minute. I can just see her in there. She and Martha working away, getting ready for this dinner that they're getting ready to have. And and they're moving and they're taking care of things. And She just put the bread in the oven and she hears this voice. She hears his voice. Can you even imagine hearing his voice? Can you even imagine? We know from Scripture, we know the Word says, Never a man spake like this man. We know that when they walked with Him on the road, after He had departed, they said, Did our hearts not burn within us? As we walked with Him and talked with Him, did our hearts not burn within us? And we know that the disciples, when Jesus looked at them and said, Will you leave me too? They said, Lord, where would we go? You alone have the words of life. So here in her living room, stepping into this place is the one who never a man spake like this man. The one who carried the words of life. The one whose very words made their heart burn within them. And don't you know her head went this way. And I can just see her. Listening to that voice, just the sound of his voice as the bread burns behind her. <laughs> Sometimes you got to leave things alone. You know what? I can just see Martha shaking her head and Mary going. Without even, you know, nowhere in Scripture does it say, and Jesus turned and said, Mary, my daughter, what's would, thou like to join us in the great room for some conversation? No, first thing we know, she's at his feet. <laughs> I love that. I love that, and I believe she sat at his feet because it would have been improper to crawl into his lap. Because I think she just wanted to get as close to him as possible. She just wanted to sit at his feet. And see, she wasn't supposed to do that. She wasn't supposed to be in the room with all of those men unaccompanied, and she definitely wasn't supposed to be taught with the men. Yet there she was, right at his feet. She went to his feet. Do you understand that when you are hungry and when you hear his voice and that draw begins in you to get to know him, to come into his presence, you can't get to his feet fast enough. You just can't get to his feet fast enough. And I love it. I love God always has a response to our presence. We have a response to his presence, but he always has a response to ours as well. So when she's when when Mary's sitting there at his feet listening to that voice, which I still can't get over, you would have to seriously pry me away, drag me from the room. Once you pried my feet my hands from his ankles, you know, you would have to pry me away to get because I wouldn't be going anywhere. And you think, well, yeah, if I could just hear his voice, you can hear his voice. You can hear his voice and you think, yeah, but if he was teaching, I'd listen. He's teaching. He's teaching. All of the wisdom that he was pouring out then, he's pouring out now. It's more accessible to us than it was to them. His teaching, so to come at his feet and his response to her coming to him. And see, she came to know him as teacher. She came to know him as teacher. And I think that is just amazing that, that she would walk away having a teacher. I love that. And his response is to cover her and to defend her and to go, she's chosen the better thing. He instructs us when we come to his feet. Do you know that? And and when I say at his feet, guys, understand, I'm not necessarily talking about a physical position, though it would do much good for most of us. You don't see a whole lot of bowing anymore. Have you noticed that? That's because, you know, your neck gets really stiff. <laughs> And bowing becomes very difficult to humble ourselves before him. There's something about it. There's something about that physical position of getting on your face before him. But if you don't, but if you don't, there's something about your heart shifting into a a humble place and coming before him. So we see him first. See her first at his feet as a teacher. She's a learner. She's a learner. Come to his feet as a learner. The second place we see her is when Lazarus, her brother, has died, and uh, there's a conversation that we miss in the passage that we just shared. When Martha goes out of town, uh, goes out of the city, and she meets with Jesus, and basically has a a a long conversation. Martha's a talker. Have you noticed that about her? I'm so glad I'm a Mary and. <laughs> okay. I think I'm like the are triplets. <laughs> I'm kind of both. But um Martha goes out of town and, and stands and talks to Jesus and is basically going, You should have been here. You know, if you had been here, da 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 and and their conversation ends. He explains things to her, the conversation ends. And it seems that from the way the passage plays out, it seems that Mary's still at home. And it seems that she's not heard that he's there yet. Because the scripture tells us that she is in the house and her friends are comforting her. But you know what? There are times and places in our life where your friends can't comfort you. Your friends can't do anything for you. I mean, it's nice and it's sweet, but you need Jesus. It's nice and it's good, and they might have wisdom, but they can't comfort you like the balm of Gilead can comfort you. They can't touch those places that only he can. So there are going to be times in your life where it's just going to be you and Jesus. You all have to take some walks by yourself. Do you understand? Now, he doesn't leave you there for a long time. He brings comfort and friends around. But to walk with him by yourself sometimes, and, and I love that. I love what it says. It says, Martha sent word to her sister and and said, and I love the way that she phrases this because of what we just found out. She sends word to Mary and she says, the teacher has come. And she identifies him in such a way, she doesn't say, Jesus is here. She says the, the teacher is here. And so everything in Mary recognizes exactly who she's talking about. Because the place that we come to know him first and best is where we build the rest of it. You understand? And so she says, the teacher has come and 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 it says, immediately, Mary got to her feet and went out to meet him. Immediately. Oh, that our response would be immediate. Oh, that our response would be immediate. Just the thought. Oh, and imagine, the teacher has come and he is calling for you. The teacher has come. Can you imagine his, your name on his lips, Sam? For Jesus to just go, Sam, Sam. Don't you, can you just even imagine your name on his lips? That, uh, pardon me for just a minute while I dwell there. (laughs) Because there's something so beautifully intimate about that. And we make God so generic. Sometimes we make his love generic when it is so deeply personal to us. And for those that, that need to know it today, your name is on his lips. Your name is on his lips. And so it says she goes to where he is and it, she says upon seeing him, she fell at his feet because that's where she knew him at that place. She fell at his feet and she doesn't have a long conversation with him. She merely speaks what her heart says. If you had been here, he wouldn't have passed. If you had been here and then she moves on. But, but I love what happens right here. This, he's her teacher He's her teacher and she's speaking to him in such an intimate way because that's where she knows him. Where do you know him? How do you know him best? How did you come to know him best? I had to think about this and I was thinking when I was about 11 years old and I've shared this with you before, I'm pretty sure. When I was 11, that was when my, my father left and I did pretty good with that. And I was, you know how kids are, you put on a brave face and and you're strong and you act like it doesn't bother you and you just go on with your life. Well, they had had a father, uh, an event at school where the mother and the father were supposed to be there and he wasn't there. And kids being kids, they began to make fun. And they began to say, ah, Jesus. They began to say, you don't have a father, do you? You know, and they would go, he must not have loved you enough to stay. And so I went home, and it's like I acted like it didn't bother me, pretended everything was okay, and I went home to this little mobile home. And I went to the back room, and we had a closet that we kept the shoes in, and I climbed into that closet, and I sat down on that pile of shoes. And I sat down, and I went, God, do I have a father? and when i when i just said god you know do i have a father i just felt his arms come around me and i heard him speak to me as he's never spoken to me before that and he said love you have a father you have a father and i sat in that closet and i felt like okay, I've got a father. I, don't, I can settle this one right now with you, God. I have a father. And I came out of that closet with a father. And to this day, when I speak to him, when I pray, when I talk to him, you'll what you're going to hear out of my mouth is father, because that's where I identify with him. That was my area of greatest need. And he met me there. And I just want to know, have you is there a place in your life where you have met him, where he has become someone to you, where he has become your teacher or your deliverer or the lover of your soul? Who is he to you? Have you met him in a deep place that you can build upon? Have you spent time at his feet? Because see, they can't, now she comes to him in brokenness. She comes to him, um, her brother, she's lost her brother. She doesn't understand it. Nobody can comfort her. Guys, if you need comfort, if you need wisdom, if you need God to just speak into a situation, come to His feet. Come to Him humbly. Pour out your heart before Him. And let me tell you something. I love what Jesus does. Jesus, I took you to the King James Version, New King James. If that seemed like that wasn't the Bible, it was. (laughs) It just wasn't the NIV or the Amplified or the Message. It was the good old King James. Thank you, Jesus. But I took it and I and I used it because it says when she fell at his feet, he saw her tears, and it says he was moved. And it says, first it says, and Jesus groaned in the spirit. And Jesus groaned in the spirit. Oh, oh Jesus. And then the second time it says, and Jesus groaned in himself. The first time he groaned in the spirit. That was when she fell at his feet. He was moved with compassion. He saw the tears of the people and it says he groaned in the spirit. That same groaning, um, I can give you the word, but the same groaning is linked to Romans chapter 8 when the Scripture says, and the Spirit intercedes with groanings and utterings, when we don't know what to pray, and the Spirit begins to make intercession, when Jesus groaned in the Spirit, there was intercession. I believe with all of my heart, He was interceding. He was saying something to God that nobody else in the room or in that place was hearing, but He was communicating with His Father. He groaned in the Spirit. And then it said, He asked them, where have you laid Him? And He begins to move toward the tomb. And when He moves toward the tomb, Tomb where the dead body is laying as he moves toward that tomb it says and Jesus again groaned in himself and this is linked to the same passage of scripture in Romans 8 but this time linked to the passage that says all of creation groans in frustration and it goes on to talk about groaning for the redemption of the flesh And so it does not strike me strange in the least that he would first groan in the spirit, moved by compassion. He steps into intercession and begins to intercede for this situation. Don't you need that in your life? Amen. And then the second time in confronting a dead body, he groans as if one that was groaning for the redemption of the flesh. Now, does that not sound like God? Now, the reason I say this is because if you look... Right before he steps up to speak to Lazarus, and this has always gotten me, this has always confused me a little bit, or I've heard people teach it, he looks at it says, oh, guys, he says, and Jesus looking up to heaven. There's another place in Scripture if Jesus looks up to heaven, you know that you're in trouble, right? Because there's another Scripture I was looking at, that, and it says, and Jesus looking up to heaven. And then right after that, he takes his, ear, his fingers and sticks them in a man's ears. And then spits and puts it on the man's tongue and he's no longer deaf and he can speak. Jesus in this situation looks up to heaven and he says the strangest thing here. He says, I know that you have heard me. Before he ever says a word. I know that you have heard me. And then it goes on and it says, I knew, past tense. I know that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. And that literally is how it's written. That's how it's played out. And it's as if he's referring, because there's no conversation taking place between he and God that we are privy to up to that moment. Oh, but I think we were. Because Jesus groaning in the spirit and Jesus groaning in himself was having a conversation with his father. And I believe when he stepped up and said, I know that you have heard me. And because I knew that you always hear me, but I'm going to say this for their sake so that they can hear me. Do you understand that when you are broken and when you are needy and when you are grieving and when you are sick and when you are hurt and nothing else can fix you, you have an intercessor. You have an intercessor. You have someone who loves you enough to groan on your behalf, to go, oh, Father, and then groan and to to be grieved and deeply moved on your behalf. And did you know that you also have someone who is interceding for you that can bring life from death? Do you understand those things that people have said are dead? Not till God says so. Do you understand those places in your life that you think are destroyed? Not unless God says so. Not unless you refuse to go to Him and allow Him to bring life to those places. There's something beautiful about going to His feet. We go to His feet as a learner. We go to His feet. We we, we learn from. We lean into. And then we step. If we do this right, I believe. If we do this right... The next step in this process is that we learn to lavish upon. We learn to go and take gratitude and thankfulness to his feet for what he's done. And that's what we see Mary of Bethany do in this final encounter with Christ. She walks into the room and she has the oil that she's prepared, just like Pastor was saying, we come in, we bring something with us. We bring oil. We don't come expecting oil to be poured. That's a blessing if it is, but we come to pour out the oil at his feet to bring an offering, an acknowledgement of what he's done. This is his goodness to remember. We shouldn't fail to remember his goodness and what he's done. And I think that when she brought that, the thing that strikes me, a couple of things struck me about those moments. When you come with an offering like that, When you come with something that you just want to pour in him and pour over him, I think everybody else in the room ought to disappear. I think, I don't care how many people were in that room, I think when she walked in, all she saw was him. I think she was focused and she had something to pour on him because everything in her demanded that she pour it. She loved him so much and wanted to acknowledge his goodness that she had to to push through to do that. I love that it says that the room was filled with a fragrance. You understand that fragrance reveals the heart as well, right? For better or for worse. For better or for worse because Jesus, you know sometimes we can watch the most genuine move of the Spirit step back and judge it. That's not God. How do you know? How do you know, well, I don't feel it well? How, how far have your feelings gotten you this far? Oh, I really love Him. No, you don't. I'm not talking about Jesus, I'm sure you love him. I'm just talking as a girl going, oh, but mama, I love him. (laughs) And she's going, no, you don't. You're 12. (laughs) You're going to love somebody else. Your feelings will lie to you. But let me tell you something, the genuine will testify to you. The genuine, just like I said earlier, when there's a fragrant offering being offered and it's coming from this place, it is as if there is a God kiss in the room. Does that make sense to anybody besides me? As it, you're like, it's like, I don't know what's coming, but I can feel it coming. It's like you, you've seen the wave roll out and you know it's getting ready to roll back in. Ah, position yourself to get under it, guys. Because that's what happens when a pure, anointed offering comes. When, when you bring something, then you know what? It doesn't have to be something new, it can be the same song you sang yesterday. But today it's an offering because you've had a revelation between yesterday and today. that we. God is faithful. God is good. And and now bring that song. Now bring that offering. We come to his feet to learn. We come to his feet to lean when there is nowhere else to lean. And we should come to his feet to lavish. Amen. I'm getting ready to share a video with you guys. When I was studying this and I was putting it together... I was like, Lord, I just I wish we could get this. I wish we could grasp the difference that it makes when it's an when it's just a song or when it's an offering. The difference that it makes when when something comes from a, a deep place of acknowledgement of your faithfulness. You can feel the kiss on it. You can feel the anointing of God on it. I said, Lord, show me. Lord, I, I would really appreciate it if you just give me an example today that, that I can share with them the difference. And um, I've got this little video. There is a little girl right around Christmas of 2008. She was, she'd was never been sick before, nine years old, never been sick before uh, outside of colds, you know, things, normal kid things. At Christmas, she, went, she climbed into bed with her mom and dad and her hands and her feet, and she was just ice cold, just freezing cold. And um, she continued to get sick, and the, the next day they took her to the doctor, and she had gotten a virus in her heart. And here's this nine-year-old little girl at Christmas, and the doctor looks at the the parents and said, unless she gets a heart transplant, she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. And they checked her into the hospital immediately, and within days, her heart had failed, and they gave her an artificial heart. And it became the process of waiting for a donor. Waiting for a donor, and the little girl, she would listen to the doctors you know if they thought she was sleeping or whatever she would listen to the doctors and she would hear them say you know what it's, it's it looks pretty impossible it looks pretty impossible and and she was getting sicker and sicker and she was waiting and somebody brought her a cd and on that cd was the song healer that we sang earlier and uh, every single night she would put this CD into the record into the tape player because she would get afraid at night, and she would think, "Am I going to wake up tomorrow?" And so, so she would get afraid, and she'd put this CD in, and she would begin to sing, "Nothing is impossible for you." Nothing is impossible for you. Uh, this says, you hold my every moment. And she would remind herself, God holds my moments. This is a nine-year-old little girl. So, on July 15th, she received a heart. And this is just shortly, just merely a couple of months after she received the heart. Someone had a video cam- uh, with their phone little camcorder in the congregation. Can we bring the lights down and turn this way up? And I want you to see this offering. And I want you to... Notice the kiss of God in this place. Amen. Crank it way up, please.
1: You calm my rage and You walk with me through fire. Turn it up a little more.
0: is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And some of you are facing situations right now where you've gone, God, this is impossible. They've told you it's impossible. You know, somebody that you've been praying for faithfully but lately the enemy goes, it's impossible. It's a lost cause. They're not going to be saved. They're not going to be turned around. You're not going to be this is not going to happen. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And so, can you stand with me? We are going to worship. Instead of having the prayer workers come down, I want to offer you a piece of carpet. I just want to offer you just a moment, whatever it is. God, this is impossible. I want you to come to his feet. I want you to see it in your spirit as you come forward. You can come now. I want you to see it in your spirit. I want you to come to find your place at His feet. to go. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with you, God. Devastated places, broken places. Every moment. He holds your every moment. He calms your raging sea. The raging sea inside of you. He is your healer. Amen. He is your hope. that God has laid on your heart come and begin to intercede for that person. We got some prayer warriors in this house and there are some broken places. So Father for those who grieve God today I thank you that you comfort Father for those who are broken God I thank you that you are their healer. Father for those who have suffered loss Jesus can we just his name. Jesus, Jesus, we bless you. We welcome you. Holy Spirit of God, Holy Spirit of God, saturate this room with your presence, God. joy that you have given us, God, knowing that you are in control and nothing is impossible. Bless you